Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Famish. Jesse, how you doing, buddy? Good. I, there was an airplane, like, right then and there. Yep. So I was shutting my window. Yep. Welcome. Tommy, any airplanes where you are? No. Why not? Why not? I, I'm in a, I'm in a, um, it's a, a no-fly zone, so no planes. Pretty soon I'm gonna be famous, a little more famous than you. Why, yes, I'm gonna be famous, and you can be famous too. Look, our guest is here. Oh. I didn't pre-record anything. I'll have the people know. But I wrote a little thing to introduce this glorious person. So I'm just going to go. Here we go. Our guest today is Jenny Owen Youngs. We have toured with Jenny, recorded music with Jenny, written songs with Jenny, lived, laughed, loved with Jenny, rocked with Jenny, rock climbed with Jenny, and been rocked to sleep by Jenny. She is a creative tour de force, dipping and weaving her way through multiple creative mediums. She emotes like a butterfly and sings like a beautiful singer. Please welcome singer, songwriter, podcaster, composer, and amateur tap dancer, Jenny Owen Youngs. Wow, I just, um, can you send me that copy so that I can upgrade and update yeah, you my want... Wikipedia? That would be... Absolutely. So cool. Honestly, I've been trying to put that in your Wikipedia for months and they keep taking it out. <laughs> you keep getting swatted down. You know, Jenny, you you inspire me to greatness because you are great. Wow, that is so kind. That was such a thoughtful way to introduce me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's so delightful to have an excuse for the four of us to all be in a place talking to each other. When was the last time we were in a place talking to each other? The four? Yeah, all of us. I don't know. Maybe I saw Jenny as as an individual very recently. Yeah, yeah. There like there have been some one offs, but the four of us maybe like Alla Queen, Music Hall of Williamsburg. What? My first wedding uh, <laughs> many moons ago. Surely not your first wedding. That was my thought. I didn't want to say it. Well, the first Alla Queen would have been eight years ago, so I hope it's not that long ago. But I guess it's possible, though. It is possible. Man, it's troubling. It's very troubling. The important thing is that we're all here together now. Thank God. Look, I started with all that silliness, but Jenny, you really are, you were one of the first people we we toured with and fell in love with. Oh my God. You've been a constant presence in our life. And through that tour that we did together, like it, it changed this the, the path of us as a band. I don't think it perhaps changed your trajectory as a human being, but it definitely <laughs> impacted us. Not just because of you, but because of the people in your band and the community you like brought us into and like the doors that you spiritually, emotionally, and physically opened for us. Wow. So true. Life-defining. Now that we're all ancient, now that we've all grown long in the tooth, it's like so nice to look back over life and see like those sort of like contact points and then the the little networks that like shoot out from them and like how all of the people that I like are all friends with each other and all do things with each other. It's so satisfying. Okay. So I, I was remembering recently that when we're, when I was thinking about having you on this podcast and what we would talk about, the audaciousness with which I built, didn't we record that EP of, uh, you covering us and us covering you before we even did that tour. I think that is correct because we yeah. were selling it on that tour. We were like selling the seven inch. <laughs> oh, right. That's like wild. That's totally, yeah, that's pretty, 
I'm pretty nuts. Like we didn't know. I we didn't for for those who are listening. We recorded four songs. Two we were we sang two of Jenny's songs. Jenny sang two of our songs, and we did it in Dan Romer's basement, basement right? mm-hmm. studio yeah. thing. Yeah. It was well, his parents' basement, parents' yeah. basement studio. Right, and this was before. So Dan Romer hadn't produced any records for us. He had produced your stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And was playing keys on the tour. I don't know whose idea was it. We were like, we're gonna, re- we don't know this person, but we're gonna record songs together and then play them on this tour. I think it was the powers that be. I think the grown-ups were like, it'd be such a great marketing tool, <laughs> you know. But I feel like we barely had grown-ups in our lives at that point. Yeah. Who were your grown-ups at that point? Uh, I was working with. Uh, manager named Paul at that time. And you guys were working oh, with yeah. Seth. But you're just we saying Seth, Seth was less grown up at the time. <laughs> I mean like we were all We were all less if grown we up. We were babies, he was a baby. Not that he didn't know. He would have been tw- he would have been 21. Wow. Yeah, probably. Well, the opposite of a grown up yeah. at the time, but I thought maybe the link was Shervin, possibly. Is that anachronistic? No, no, no. Shervin I think is what brought us together initially. Okay. Cuz I remember meeting you Shervin brought you to our show at the old knitting factory yes and i stood so close to one of you i think it was probably you ben yeah <laughs> the one i'm most likely to torment yeah you scared the shit out of me i just got like very 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 close to you and was like <laughs> hello i was like i'm so intimidated by this human being and i don't understand why hmm. maybe it's because she's standing so close to me right now yeah i was just alphaing you at the old knitting yeah. factory you can alpha me at the old knitting factory anytime jenny mm, thank you you're welcome I also, Ben, I don't know if you remember this, but you let me cut your hair at the end of that tour. I did. Your hair was like rounder at the time. It was. I really wanted to be like shorter on the sides and like tall. And you were like, that sounds terrible. (laughs) But you like, for some reason, let me take a swing in it. And I had never cut anyone's hair up to that point. I don't know if I revealed that to you. I think that speaks both to how much faith and trust I had in you at that time how little self-awareness or fashion sense I have ever had <laughs> and how desperate I was for someone else to tell me what to do with my hair. And honestly, now if I trace it back, it's pretty much been short on the sides and overly, it's a little top heavy ever since. You also probably really needed a haircut, which like coming from me, that's like to have your friend be like, look, I can't watch you perform anymore. I can't do it. It wasn't that, I, I didn't think that your hair had reached a point of, you know, like, somebody has to deal with this, so I'm going to be brave. I was just like, this would be a fun art project. I wonder if I can make this happen. This is the sort of thing that happens after six weeks of tour, though. You're like, well, I don't have anything else to do. I want to try to ruin this guy's life. Well, ruin? I think people who don't tour, who don't have, like, the experience of going on tour, don't understand, like, what happens in the, like, you know, three, five, seven weeks that, like, a group of people who are not normally together spend like every waking minute in each other's presence you develop like shorthand for things and like nicknames for stuff that don't need nicknames and you just like kind of congeal into this like blah this like you know 12 headed blob you know yeah and things happen like you ask to cut somebody's hair and they say yes i mean that was that 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 tour and i think back on it we you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Had we already done the Ben Folds tour? Was this the third tour in a row for us? Yeah, because we did we did the tour with Ben Folds, flew straight to Europe 
to do the the UK tour with Nightmare Review, and then went straight from there to Chicago right, to meet Subterranean. I think. Oh to yeah. Meet, yeah, Jenny at Subterranean. So we yeah at that point we were like hallucinating yeah, yeah, we had been yeah, on tour yeah. for so long and there were i remember specifically there were like certain markets that you had been to with benfolds that like there was a heavy benfolds <laughs> showing at like very specific shows yeah that makes sense they're booing at anybody who doesn't play piano i mean this is about our band jenny but um we you know speaking of that it's like i remember we played somewhere in omaha for 30 kids we played there like two months later and there was 130 kids, 100 of which had like jukebox to go shirts on that they all bought at the Benfold show. I think we were probably pretty embarrassed about that. Yeah, yeah. It's cool again now. Nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, no shame in selling uh, 100 shirts at a show. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. That's true. Move those units. Those were the days. You did that tour with us. Like, were you, were you hustling that much also from a tour standpoint? Like, I, were you also doing the, the road dog, head down, do it thing? Yeah, I had been like leading up to that tour aside from taking a little bit of time to make the record because i had a record that came out like sort of towards the end of our tour my second record came out and and prior to that i had just been like doing just like end on end on end u.s europe u.s uk u.s a few more times oh tertiary markets i'd love to don't mind if i do i think like yeah there were there were a couple of years where it was like between six and nine months out of the year i was just scooting around and continuing on through that time period with you guys and you were you are this is a weird sentence but you are you correct like theoretically inarguably so great then we're on the same page but that means like your you know your name is what's on the marquee when there are marquees or just the myspace page when there are myspace pages (laughs) like how often were you like out with the band that we knew or doing it on your own like how did you make those decisions for anyone you know who is just like a solo artist, but doing band stuff on a record, but trying mm. to figure out how to be on the road. Yeah. Well, I think like, um, I would take a band or try to try to put, put a band together when, especially like around like an album release or something. I think like when we planned that tour that my, my record had been scheduled for like a couple months earlier and I was like, sweet, the record will be out and then we'll do this tour and I'll like bring everybody and it'll be awesome. And then things happened and the record got like pushed to like coming out, I think like in the last few days of that tour, which was pesky. But generally, generally speaking, uh, album release, big event, uh, what are the rooms like? It just sort of depends, I guess. I've done a lot of solo stuff, which I like a lot. And I feel like at this point, it's very easy for me to feel at one with the people when it's just me. But, you know, it's more fun to play with other people. Yeah. I mean, maybe you guys are t- you guys are feeling like, oh, oh, what we wouldn't all give to be on tour alone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I speak for the guys on this, but like I, I actually find when I play alone, I'm I'm like sort of like taken aback. I'm like, oh no, like wh- what I just have to sing and play this whole time, you know? Like there is a certain cushion to having a band that like you know, when when everybody knows their parts, you don't think about how they're interlocking and how it makes everybody's time easier on stage where you're, you know, you're you're just part of a bigger machine and you pop out and are in the front when you need to be. But yeah, it's it's not it's easier. The thing for me is I'll do some banter that's that's not great because I'm so used to being able to just look across the stage and Tommy's like just helps me out. <laughs> so if I'm on stage solo and I'll be like, yeah, how about those grapes? And, the, and then I'll look and it's just like nothing. It's like, 
I got it. I got to dig out. Like, grapes are great. You know, whatever it is, that's that's the part for me. Like, oh, right. I'm so used to like having this person on stage that knows musically, uh, banterly exactly what's happening, which is a nice thing. You know, like people like that chaos, though. Like, I'm sure there's yeah. people who left that show and were like, oh, but I didn't. I don't know about the music, but I loved it when he was talking about grapes. That was really interesting. <laughs> this is a real grape incident. That wasn't just like a hypothetically throughout no it's just it's a hypothetical grape which is the name of our next album the more people you have on stage like the less pressure you feel you can do anything on that stage you know hmm. go go on no that's about it like <laughs> that's <laughs> i just you know actually okay so i do want to play a clip from that from that era i i stewed for a while jenny on like should I play this fucking song? It's it's older than the pyramids. You're probably sick of it, but like I've always fucking loved this song, and it was uh, a song that when we toured together in 2009, everyone would come on stage and you know have a little hoot nanny. As in like us, not we, we weren't inviting the audience up for this. We would all come. <laughs> no, on stage, everyone right? from our bands, the Blob. Yeah, yeah, the Blob. Women, <laughs> yeah. it's only you. Probably know what song we're gonna listen to. Yeah, the hoot nanny. This is hoot nanny by <laughs> no. This is last person. By. <laughs> I still haven't mastered the art of what to do with my face while my music is playing and other people are when we to it. when we do the edit for this we're <laughs> going to we're going to our socials are going to be just your face during that with no music <laughs> we're going to cut the audio we're going to solo your mic oh level it up I thought you did great. It's the song is so good. Yeah, it's so good. How do you feel listening to old an old song like that? You know, I just like I have like notes. You know, like I think anybody would. I'm sure you guys have the same stuff where you're like, oh, that choice. Yeah. Uh, I sure have learned a lot or whatever. But also, you know, it has a place in my heart. I would rather play that song today than like makes you know someone listen to the recording. You know, because I feel like it was a funny time for like vowel shapes, 2009, <laughs> you know, I, I, I listened to our version of that. I should almost play it for whatever. Our vowel shapes are much worse than your vowel shapes. <laughs> I don't know how else to express it. I'm going to see while we're trying if I can find it. Cause like, I haven't heard our version in over a decade. I listened to it before this all kicked off and it is a lot. You guys are in the music video for last person. Wait, no. maybe Je- Jesse is I, I didn't make it. You are? I'm in there. that I didn't make it. Like, I, I couldn't do it, and it was, uh, I think it was uh, shot very last minute. Yeah, I, 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 right. I'm in the video, though. Uh, it's just but Tommy, you, okay. In my mind, I'm, you're I'm all I'm somewhat there. unrecognizable because I just shaved my head. Whoa. <laughs> Man, there are a lot of haircuts with you, Jenny. Yeah. I look <laughs> terrible in your music video. 
All right, here's some other um, vowel sounds. We don't have to listen to the whole thing. We can talk through this because I'm just playing it off Spotify because we got to get those royalties. I think I ripping owe you money. Up, just ripping up that Rhodes. It's like all tambourine. I love it. On a bar stool, keep emotionless as you can be. Thinking maybe if you're lucky, life is like T Rex and stillness will sweep you away. I can't, I can't. That's it. That's all I can Where handle. Where are the Jesse leads? Where, <laughs> Where are, are they? We hadn't invented the Jesse lead yet. Criminal. I was incubating. <laughs> the George Harrison of the group. Now you're the friggin' Phil Collins of the group. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is true. Like that takes me straight. I mean, for six weeks, our tour, that tour that we did together is like the dream tour in terms of like, we all truly became fast friends. Oh, for sure. We have stayed friends. We've done all these things together. We played on stage together. It's like what you want a tour to be. Mm-hmm. Not in terms necessarily of attendance, which occasionally would leave some room for for potential, but <laughs> can't control it all. It was just it was so magical. It was so magical. For some reason the show that still just sticks out to me is even though there was nobody there is just playing Hotel Congress, the haunted hotel in <gasps> Tucson, Arizona. That was like really special. Did you have any weird experience there? Do you remember what we did that night? It was like two or three in the morning. Okay, for people who are listening, you don't know. There's a venue in Tucson called Club Congress, and it's attached to an old haunted ass hotel called Hotel Congress. And when you play there, you get like a discount on their haunted ass rooms. (laughs) So we were all staying there. And uh, the way that the hotel is constructed, it's sort of like this like tall donut. It's kind of like, a, cir- a circle or a square with like a courtyard in the middle and like that just like kind of goes up. So you can kind of like walk in a big square and like look out into the courtyard and there are like windows looking out into it. And we were like all all of us, all, my band, you guys, Shervin, Shervin, he's everywhere. Uh, we were like all walking around in that hallway and every time we came back to a particular window, oh, it was yeah. open. And we would close it and then we would come back around and it would be open. My theory is that Tommy or Ben was opening it. But Hand to God did not touch that window. <laughs> if it really wasn't anybody here, then I guess that really happened. I remember thinking, because that isn't on brand for me. I love a trick. I love a prank. I, I would love to have opened that window. <laughs> so I remember thinking, I wonder if I can sneak back and do this. And I couldn't because everyone had eyes on everybody. We were all... You yeah, know, yeah. Everyone had a buddy at that point. And when we got back around and the window was open, like I got the chills and I was like, this is this is fucked. So it wasn't me, Jenny, but if this were a who done it, <laughs> it would be me. Cause <laughs> you didn't even you didn't even say it. I just I just trust you. You just got such an honest face. Uh, uh thanks. I, I felt <sighs> like you wouldn't do that to me. Also, Jesse, everyone knows you struggle with windows. <laughs> <laughs> well documented in this pod. That was the first tour. I don't know if you guys taught me this this hack or if it just like naturally happened amongst all of us. That was the first tour that uh, there was a tour of football for me, which was just mm. like tossing the old pigskin in the parking lot of the really? venue before shows. 
I specifically remember it because there was a guy who came out from my old Kentucky blog and we were playing, we were like throwing the ball with him, dodge. And I was like, can you please reference my tight spiral in your <laughs> coverage of this show? And he was like, I will. And then he did. Wow. Thank you, Dodge. Wow. Tour football. Remember blogs? <laughs> Distantly. <laughs> That's so crazy. There were there were music blogs. People read them. Yeah. They didn't have anything better to do uh, than pay attention to us. They were so important. In hindsight, it was such a brief blip. Of, of a moment in time, but it really it yeah. really seemed like the center of the music universe was just like a handful of blogs. Blog. You're going to keep saying blog? <laughs> blog. Blog. <laughs> blog. The word is rough. The word itself is rough. I used to have a blog. <laughs> yeah. I still awful. have a blog, but I used to, too. <laughs> I'm getting my blog looked at by a doctor. My blog hurts. Yeah, you should get your blog drained, Ben. <laughs> yeah, the blog would definitely yeah. need to be drained. Um, look, I don't know if the football, we would have brought a football. We were still trying to be like sporty fun guys at that point. I don't remember the football. I think you you uh, played football during our sound checks, maybe. <laughs> played football. Is that how you, it sounds wrong? You do football. I don't know how to talk about sports. You blog football. You either do it or you, you blog do it. football. Jesse, I'm telling you, just... Just say toss the old pigskin around. You'll feel better. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm thinking, I can't. I can't imagine Kuffner throwing a football. Though maybe he's great. Somehow, yeah. Somehow it happened. I can't imagine Romer throwing a football. Uh, no, no. Right? No catch for Romer. I don't think. <laughs> but but Elliot, Elliot's Jacobson. Yeah. Great drummer, handsome man. He's from Texas, right? He can probably toss that. Yeah, he's got a cannon. Yeah. For sure. That is maybe the most 2009 tour poster that could have ever possibly been made is the tour poster we, that we had with all the cutouts of dinosaurs and then our heads put onto the dinosaurs. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, so great. I had my bayangs. Hell yeah, Jesse. We all had bayangs. <laughs> we all had bayangs. Mine creep back every couple of years. And then I get a haircut. <laughs> so I wrote down some questions, Jenny, and I think we all have questions, but the first one is important and I don't want to gloss over it, which is how did you get so talented and good looking? That really is Ugh, my first question. I don't, know if, I don't know if there's time, you know, to cover all the bases. If you were to cliff notes it, do you have an answer? Because there's just a lot of people out there who want to be that talented and that good looking. And I think any insight would be valuable. Yeah, I learned it from uh, watching the three of you. Yeah, that's right. I just took <gasps> a lot of notes. Oh I was like, yep. how to be hot yep. and cool and rip. Um, these three. You know, nice. <laughs> wow, you guys really have like the. Um... I love sound effects, Ben. You know what you gotta get. What? You, you know my favorite. My favorite sound effect is on sitcoms when something vaguely sexy would happen, and the whole crowd goes. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that one. I'll yes. get that for next week. You know what I'm talking about? For the next one, yeah. When one of the uncles kisses a date on Full House, you know. Yes. Yeah, or, if the, or if like. Yeah. There's also like the the Brad Pitt walks in the room. <gasps> Which is like a mix of that and like a, you know, that kind of sound. <laughs> Sorry, circling back to the the learning how to be hot. Oh. I'm really asking this, but how, who has done the master class on that? Like, is there a celebrity who has actually been like, here's my master class on, maybe they call it like aesthetics, but basically they're like, this is how you're hot. No one's mm. done that, huh? I think I think it's in everybody's like in the people who are in the position to teach the masterclass. It's in their best interests to not teach the masterclass to so true. Keep, minimize their competition. You know, yeah. Yep. Hot is relative, and if you let people climb the ladder, like you're, you got to push the ladder right off the window. Yeah, yeah. So I'm no. not good at business. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just good at looking good. 
There's some like yeah. Illuminati keeping us all a little fugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it should be. Well, because there are people who are like not hot, but are hot because they know how to be hot. Those people do exist. There are celebrities who are not actually hot, but they are hot because they're so like cool. Like Garrison Keillor. Are you, are you brave enough to name one? <laughs> Garrison yeah. Keillor. I'm not brave enough to name one of these. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on my blog, but I won't put it, say it on the pod. I'll take this. It's Garrison Keillor. <laughs> ben, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, Ben. Jenny, do you feel like you need to go? Like, do you feel? No, I feel like I want to move into this riverside.fm studio. <laughs> Well, maybe we should play uh, one of your new ditties that we were able to procure. A ditty. By asking. <laughs> Nicely. Nicely. Yeah, this is, I'm just going to get right to it. And then we'll talk about it. And then we'll talk about it. And we'll ask you all the questions. Like, what is this song? How did it? And and <laughs> Also, I'm not, I wanted to say this before. So when I'm at Chipotle, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. We'll all, we'll all go around and say what we do at Chipotle, but you first, Jess. <laughs> No, actually, if I'm anywhere that's like counter service, I don't watch them making my food. I think enough people watch them like a hawk. So when we play this clip, I'm not watching Jenny. All right. You know, it's polite. Because you're. Wait, Just because following... I don't want to make them uncomfortable. She's making you food? Like, no, she, he's impl- <laughs> this is actually more like not watching the person hand you the burrito. Like, what are you. You're saying no, if you worked I... at Chipotle. And you made a burrito, you wouldn't want to watch someone else eat it. No, let me just, like, <laughs> I'm not a good person. I'm a bad person, but I do think I'm polite. And, like, if someone falls, I look away. I don't look. Oh, oh. And, if, and if people are making my, if people are you working. You don't help them? <laughs> he, he's pushing that ladder right out of the window, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, you know, if someone has a clumsy moment or if they just, I, I'm there to make them more comfortable and therefore. <laughs> I'm not watching Jenny when we play this clip. That's all. I'm not watching you guys. I'm not taking notes on how you're responding I'm to my about material. Jesse pushing the person over at Chipotle and not making eye contact with anybody. They don't deserve to be stared at while they're doing their job. Use promo code JUKEBOXCHEERS2022 at your next Chipotle purchase. When I try to say the things I can, it comes out like an so good wow thank you so That's much so cool this song is so good <laughs> and this is out as a, as of this has been released the podcast released and the songs released hell yeah we are living in the future <laughs> indeed we are who did you make this record with it sounds incredible i made this record with uh josh kaufman man he's just so rad uh he's in a couple bands he's in a band called bonnie light horseman with anais mitchell and eric from the fruit bats whose last name i'm spacing on embarrassingly He's also in a band called Muzz. He's produced a bunch of uh, Fruit Bats and Aeneas records and the Bonnie records and I think the Muzz records as well and uh, his Golden Messenger. And he like, <laughs> when we made this record, he was like in between, he had like just produced an album for one of the surviving members of the Grateful Dead and then was like about to do like a gig on bass with the uh, the other 
surviving member of the Grateful Dead. He's just like. He's just around and doing cool shit. He's doing cool shit. He's like a gentle, thoughtful, just like really, you know, intentional guy and like really great at listening. And that I feel like makes him a great player and a great producer. He's just like, can't say enough great things about him. He's just wonderful. So much of your music as of late has been soothing. You know, you probably listen back and go, you know, I'm making calm music and it has a calming effect on me too. But I just, I can never make music that calm. I was listening to it and going like, man, why can't I make music this peaceful? But can you speak to that? I mean, you just did the ambient record too. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I hear a through line and maybe it's because I'm used to these like days a decade ago when we were all playing much more upbeat indie rock, but... You know, I hear a through line. Is the through line the peaceful forests of Maine? Yeah. That was my thought. What's going on? <laughs> I think the through line might have led me to the peaceful forests mm. of Maine. I mean, I think I'm just a calmer person and I'm like a much more comfortable person. I think I spent a lot of time in the earlier parts of my career trying to live up to something or, or you know, make some kind of music that maybe didn't necessarily come as naturally to me. I think like I genuinely mostly gravitate towards like quieter things and and um more soothing things in terms of like what i love to play and sing and i think like you know uh the grass is always like greener or whatever you like i i personally like was like playing like a lot of like singer songwriter rooms but then i was like but bands are so cool and be so cool to like rock what if i did something that's sort of like not totally quiet but also not really that rocking what if i just did some kind of like neither fish nor fowl kind of (laughs) weird middle ground thing you know and i feel like but i mean not to cast any shade upon my earlier recordings but definitely to cast shade upon my earlier attitudes (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to talk about something that like i really admire about you and i'm impressed with you is that you have sort of navigated your way through this creative field into, you know, you were doing the the hustle, the the singer songwriter solo thing with the band. You started doing co writing. You started podcasts. You have all these endeavors, all these irons in the fire that always feel with you like fully realized. And I think a lot of people stab at things and, and throw darts and see what happens. And from the outside, and and you can speak to this however you want, but and maybe give some some context for the different projects you've been part of. But I've I've seen you from afar move into like, this podcast is, is succeeding and I am succeeding as a songwriter for other people and getting cuts and just taking these big risks and these big moves in a way that I think a lot of people aren't able to navigate either like, you know, professionally successfully or just like personally, like handling it. And, and this is half a question and half a statement, but it's like, <laughs> How have you navigated that, like both from a creative fulfillment standpoint and like making the decision of like where to move and 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 what to create and work on? Well, I think like, you know, I was I was just making records and and going on tour for a number of years. And I got to a point where I think I was like I had like recently turned like 30 or 31 and I had this like weird realization, which was like very unlike <laughs> me at that time like this is like totally way off for me at that time but I just like woke up one day and was like I can actually do anything I could do anything I could do whatever I could just like do stuff that like that thought happened and then I started like doing variations on what I was already doing you know like 
small things, small steps that kind of like prepared me for when I was like working with a manager who had a his other main client was and is Dan Wilson, who is an incredible, incredibly accomplished artist and also massively successful co-writer and just like wonderful dude. For anyone who's listening and doesn't know Dan Wilson, singer of Semisonic, wrote mm-hmm. Closing Time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also wrote a lot of songs for a lot of people, including Adele. And- he's, he's an absolute, mm-hmm. absolute genius. Yeah, yeah. Total monster and just like wonderful gentleman. I was working with his manager, my manager at the time, and and Jim was like, oh, I think you should, I think you could be good at this. I think you should try doing writing sessions. And I think if I hadn't already had the thought of like, I could do anything, I guess, you know, like what, like anything is like possible. There's like no reason that I couldn't stop doing what I'm doing now, tomorrow, and just yeah. turn on a dime and, you know, change my life in some way. If I hadn't had had that thought already, I don't think I would have been like as amenable to the idea of like, okay, I guess I'll start taking trips to LA and like just writing songs with people for like not a specific yeah. purpose that sure and i i struggled with it you know for s- a, at least a couple of years especially the first year it felt you know a part of me felt like that was admitting defeat or giving up in some way hey, sorry just to, to zero in on that cuz i know that's like a very familiar feeling right mm-hmm. is that it was the defeat like my personal song, like songwriting career of my own isn't where I thought it was. Like, yeah, like my art, I've, I'm not devoting everything to my artist career. Yeah. Then I, you know, what am I? A failure, a sellout, you know, <laughs> I'd love to sell yeah, out. Right. Does anyone have any money? <laughs> you know, I just felt like, you know, p- part of me felt like I was giving up on myself. Right. But the rest of me was like, this is an interesting thing to try. And like driving around the United States in a van over and over and over again would maybe be a cool thing to have a break from. Let's just yeah. like see what happens. And, you know, I was like very lucky in my publishing partner. I was originally, when I started doing this kind of writing, I was uh, co-published by Dan and a company that was then called Big Deal and is now called Hypnosis. And, you know, I learned a lot from Dan and Hypno- the amazing people at Hypnosis. They're just so thoughtful about the writing sessions that they set up that I like never had a day where I was like, that sucked. Or like, I didn't like those people. I had days where I was like, the creative gel did not occur. Yeah. But like, you know, you can't, (laughs) you can't just like make magic every day. I I do just for anyone listening that doesn't know what this is. And oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's like, I, cause it's, it, this is part of the language that we speak in the community in the world that we're in. But like when we talk about co-writing, you know, it's you, if you're the songwriter or the artist, whatever, you get just sent to a room or a studio with a producer, another songwriter, two songwriters. You have a four hour chunk of time and you're tasked with meeting these people, getting to know them, writing a song and getting the hell out of there. And you do this day after day. And it can be like the fact that you had largely good experiences is incredible because a lot of people I've had some struggle. Most people have had like, and I'm sure you have too, to some degree, but like there are days where it's just not happening or, you know, a lot of people who are doing this, like have some horror stories. It's really grueling work that only pays off if an artist decides to put it on a record. Yeah. And, you know, that's like another another thing that like I kind of had to make peace with is the hard drive graveyard, which is like the hundreds of songs that I've worked on that will never see the light of day, you know, which is like pretty wild. <laughs> but, you know, then there's tomorrow and there's like other song. Do you have any memorable worst co-writes? Uh, <laughs> That's what I want to know. 
if nothing comes to mind, that's totally fine. Jenny and I wrote a song together. <laughs> yeah. Ben, we've actually written more than one. I, I was reminded that uh, when we were both still living in Brooklyn. Is this the worst co-write? <laughs> no. It's, it's my worst co-write. I'm assuming it's Jenny's worst co-write. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've written a couple together. We got There's, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's some good songs in there too. We should, I should, we should dig those up after this. <laughs> yeah, uh, exhume the voice memos, and then of course there's uh, ladies solving crime. Our amazing Zoli oh, crime solving Rock. ladies. Zoli Rizzoli and Isles uh, theme song pitch. Having never seen the show, you just sent me this video. We should hell yes. I wonder if I can find it. Hell yes. Ben. I wonder if I can play it. Yes. Can I get this on the pod? Can I get this on the pod? Jenny, Jenny, where are you, Jenny? Oh, crime-solving ladies. You know what? Talk amongst yourselves. Jenny, just fill us in on the rest of your life, and then I'm going to text okay, myself cool, this video. Cool, cool, cool. It's all. Tommy. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Jesse, totally natural. should be worth the wait, I promise. <laughs> yeah. going to be blown Jesse, away. tell us about yeah. the last time you were in Chipotle. <laughs> uh, actually, I, um, I did a nice thing. I was, like, a little stoned, so that made it awkward. And But um, someone, like, someone who worked there was getting screamed at, and then... I don't know why I'm saying this on the friggin' pod, but someone uh, uh, who worked there. Wait, I took the bait. I don't need to tell you about what? Chipotle. You I'm all. I'm almost got it. I'm. I'm messaging myself. It's good. We're okay. There. Yeah, because I need to kill time. This poor like high school student got screamed at, and when I paid for my stuff, I uh, like Haley and I went there, and uh, I just like said, "Hey, here's twenty bucks. Give it to the, give it to your friend who got screamed at." And I and you know. I was like, wow, I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> and you're even nicer for talking about it on the pod. Yeah. Humble, too. <laughs> Wait, shoot. Okay, here we go. I think I got it. This is the best song ever, ever written. Is there any explanation or preface? Just We're just going to hear whatever this is. Rizzoli and Isles theme song pitch. I don't know how it's it a happened. theme song pitch for a TV show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It's a sh- it's a show about like a cop and a medical examiner, mm-hmm. uh, two ladies solving crimes. Oh. Yep. Okay, and this goes like this. Ladies solving crimes. Solving ladies. <laughs> How many days did that take? <laughs> a couple days. <laughs> At I don't least know a couple of days. That day. What what you can't because because podcasting is not a visual medium. What you're missing is Ben at uh, like a camera angle like down the keyboard of the piano, and then me and Ben's rolly chair rolling into frame as yep. we start the song. I feel like it really adds something. And this and this That's is also good. in my like tiny um, basement room apartment room in Brooklyn from ten years ago. That was great. That was a cool spot. There's there's one other co-write that we did where. Like you and I have a, we, we have a, a unique way of communicating, which. Yeah. We, and I think we get too hyper together. A little hyper and a little too be around other people. And like, you know, we just say some shit sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had the, we had another songwriter in the room with us. Who I don't oh, yeah. remember his name. But he was. Oh, lovely. Danny Parker. He's. Danny Parker. My heart and soul. What's up, Danny? Amazing, you... amazing boy. Danny Parker. Long time listener. Thank, good to see you. Thanks for writing. Um. <laughs> And anyway, just like you and me just went onto our thing. And I remember thinking like this guy, like he did, he did such a great job and we wrote a decent song and got there, but we were a little weird. Like we, we weren't, I wasn't all that professional. Cause I was like, I'm just here to goof around with my friend, Jenny. Yeah. I'm telling you, like I hadn't like seen you in a while. I think you had like come into LA for a writing trip and I was like, he, he all giggles. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Sorry, Danny. Sorry, Danny. We'll get, we'll get you on the pod. Keep on writing. We'll, we're, we'll respond yeah. eventually.
We'll get you a Chipotle promo code, buddy. Yeah. Unless he'll take you to Chipotle, <laughs> trip you, and not look you in the eye. <laughs> Speaking of studio uh, horror stories, uh, we covered that. That's working with Ben. But um, Jenny, yes or no, do you have any tour horror stories? Oh, yeah. AKA tour horror stories. You do? I've got something for this. Great. Oh, yeah? Tour stories. You're on an endless highway heading into Ohio. You hear the chilling whisper of Ira Glass on the radio. We have uh, stories today about unpredictable kinds of things that can happen. It's three hours past midnight. You shiver as you realize your fate. On this never-ending tour, there's no exit. And you regret the slimy, scary, hairy, greasy, pre-wrapped truck stop sausage biscuit thing you ate. Tour story. <laughs> uh, that's All a right, great. Spill it. I Wait, love I- it's three hours past midnight. Is that the lyric? Yeah. Amazing. What a choice. <laughs> um, Wait, before you do this, because Jenny, you're a professional podcaster. We are... We are nothing in your shadow, um, but this is actually true, and we haven't talked about it. We're going to after this. Do you think it's inappropriate to play a song that long that we wrote in the middle of an episode with a guest? Absolutely not. I come from the school of Jingletown, USA. I guess I don't lay like trigger jingles live when we're recording with somebody remotely, but but we do trigger jingles live in live shows, and some of them are like a minute long. You know, sometimes you just got to. And that was truly delightful and really, I think, put me in the right headspace for Torah stories. I loved it. Thank you for saying that. There was really no other answer because we're all staring at you. What is your tour story? Well, there's probably something like much, 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 much worse than this. But I've probably just, you know, squished it down. Yeah. Okay. no, I have two. I have two. I have two. I have two. Okay. But they're both like one sentence, basically. That means we got to play the theme between each one. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So just (laughs) let let me know when you're done with the first one. I'll play it again. I was playing like a really nice like dinner theater. Like I was opening for a former American Idol contestant who had, I think, gotten pretty either gotten pretty far or won a season. And he was playing this this lovely dinner theater in D.C. And I was opening and I was in the green room before that time. And I, um, when I'm on tour at home, I'm pretty bad at hydrating, but when I'm on tour, I'm like chugging water, peeing up a storm, went to the bathroom to pee, something that happens very frequently on tour. And that's okay. And and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but what's wrong, what is wrong is that I flushed the toilet and a geyser (laughs) It like sort of erupted and did not stop. Like there was just sort of like a fountain coming out of the sort of like piping attaching the toilet like to the wall or something. It just was like fountain time USA. And I had to like, you know, find the house manager and be like, hello. I swear (laughs) nothing untoward was going on in here, but I seem to have defeated your toilet. Uh, by the mere act of flushing it, uh, it just revolted. And then later, while I was playing the show, I broke a string and um, 
I'm pretty comfortable changing strings on stage and like chatting through it. But at this particular juncture, you know, the audience was like largely comprised of like women who were in love with a guy who had been on American Idol, you know? So we didn't have like as much in common as I sometimes feel like I have, you know, like a built in kind of like shared Venn diagram overlap. So I was like a little off. So I was like, I have to talk about something that I know what happened. And then I just like told them about the toilet fountain, you know, and I was like talking about the toilet fountain in this like nice (laughs) dinner theater (laughs) restaurant venue situation. It just it just wasn't my best, you know, moment. Clay Aiken fans hate toilet stuff. They're just like they're not into it. We we've learned that we've learned that on the road. Ruben Stuttered fans love toilets, though. So wait, have you guys played with Clay Aiken? Or are you just like riffing no. right now? <laughs> no. okay. he, he's the he's the only American Idol winner I know, have in my brain. Gotcha, gotcha. I think he was the first one. Correct. Mm, I think Justin, what's his face, was the first one because Kelly Clarkson was the runner-up, right, of the first American Idol, and then they made Justin a film, Trudeau. feature film together called From Justin to Kelly. Whoa. Is that worthy of a whoa? I don't oh. know. I'm sorry I put it in I, your brain. I'm just trying to, I'm <laughs> oh, trying to keep the wow. energy up because I did not like that story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's a Clay Aiken fan. Clay. I just love Clay. If that, Jenny, if that was a sold-out crowd of your fans, they probably would have loved the Toilet Fountain yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have been chanting Toilet Fountain yeah. for sure. It's, for it's sure. The con- they, like... It's the context. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I will just follow it up with like a much. Story. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did I understand the prompt? Here's my second attempt. Let me know how I did. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You got this. Once in Columbus, Ohio, I was at the merch table as I often am after shows being like, hello, you know, uh, and a woman came uh to the merch table and she was like buying stuff and she was like pretty toasty you know and she was like my husband who's behind me i just wanted to let you know that you're on my husband's freebie list you know the list of people you're allowed to sleep with and your partner will be okay with it and i was like okay and then she was like completed her transaction and then like he came up having no idea that she had said that to me you know and i was just like what am I supposed to do with any what of this? What did you do? I just, you know, sold him a t-shirt and was like, I feel weird. Was he was he nice? So, so nice. Super nice. Did he did he ask you out? No, 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 no. Good. I wonder if he <laughs> like knows that his wife told you that. He would he be mortified? I don't think so cuz they were both pretty they were both pretty drunk. So, I think he would have like been very bummed. <laughs> You know, so yeah, that was you made the freebie list. Mm. You made it. Yeah, a a part of me did feel a little hot. (laughs) I can't lie. I mean, that is a win. I was like, that's a win. Somebody wants. I want to be on someone's freebie list. (laughs) I'm sure you are, dude. (laughs) Have you seen those bangs when they grow in? Ooh, Uh, my bangs. Bangs. The first boobs I signed. (laughs) Yes. Mine? Surely. I mean, I signed your boobs a lot, but I don't think, I think I'd signed boobs before that. <laughs> You'd practice before. I'd yeah. practice. Just for legal purposes. For, yeah. No, but this, <laughs> it was a mother and a, and her daughter. And they had, and it was in front of one of my mom's coworkers. No. So like, I just met this no. coworker of my mother's and then this mother daughter pair walk up and have me sign both oh. of their boobs. <laughs> and it was awful. Cause I'm like. But also 
like probably a po- there's at least one porn somewhere that starts like this. Yeah. This did not end so that's the kind way of fun. that would have ended. <laughs> yeah. This ended with me like shaking and being like, great, nice to meet you. You know, I, and then you sign the boob and then you say thanks. I'm like, thanks, which feels weird. <laughs> it's not a great experience. I think you just changed the perception of like some of, <laughs> I think some of our listeners, if not half of them, they they like hear our music. They see us on stage. We 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 make fairly like safe music. Let's schizophrenia. <laughs> now they have to look at you and know that you sign that you sign boobs. I mean, Jenny, you signed boobs. <laughs> yeah, of course I've signed yeah. boobs. But Tommy, Jenny, you guys have signed boobs. It's not necessarily a big deal, but doesn't it seem like that's oh that's that's not the Ben Thornwell? I'm just saying you don't get into a band <laughs> not trying to sign boobs. <laughs> and I know it's not really on brand for me. And I and I'm proud to say. Though a little sad about it. I haven't signed boobs in a long time. Kelly doesn't <laughs> let you sign her boobs Kelly, once in a while. For... She's gotten tired of it because <laughs> it takes a lot of the ink to wear off. And you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. she likes to take those boobs out in public and, and then my name's on them and it's awkward. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, how's your wife? <laughs> <laughs> she's great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> anyway, um, so... <laughs> we could uh, do another segment and get out of this. Oh, God. Wait. <laughs> But actually, can we go personal for a minute, Jenny? Because like you've had a sure, you're a new mom. I am. Congratulations. Thank you so I much. Mean, I don't even. I barely talk. I mean, I've sent you some texts of congratulations. And oh things, yeah, but. yeah. I've got some some photographs of a baby wearing sunglasses that have your name on them, my friend. Oh, thank God. I want that. It's going right on the fridge. Yeah, hell yeah. Um. Yeah, man. He's like five months old. Uh. He's very cool. I'm a huge fan i have not slept in five months which is different but uh yeah it's it's a trip it's awesome very cool would recommend remarkably coherent for a new mom doing this thing unbelievable yeah yeah well two months ago three months ago it would have been a very different story i remember i probably a little rudely texted you like three months ago being like you know because i don't know anything about anything and i was like do you want to do our pod and you're like just give me some time so my mind's supposed to be like two months everything she's probably like caught up and get her getting her nine and a half hours it's like no 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 no, oh, no, no. I was so happy when you texted. I was like, hooray, friends. I should wait until I can make sentences yeah. for sure. I kind of wanted a delirious Jenny, but but this is this is better. <laughs> Speaking also of recent Jenny things, I will say I, I, I do feel like I have uh, I can really rub this in Ben no. and Jesse's faces that I got to have a special Jenny Owen Young's experience <laughs> in Los Angeles very recently, which was the release show for uh, from the forest floor, which was so cool. I did not know what to expect. And it was just like this beautiful, like somewhere between like a Nick Drake album and like a sound bath. Wow. And just beautiful sounds coming from all over in this beautiful Dolby surround sound theater with like a big projection showing like nature clips. And each song was a different hour of the day, right? That was yeah, kind of like yeah. the uh... the the theme of the record. Thank you so much. It was so, so awesome cool. of you to come. That was so nice. Oh, I was just a plus one. I was just stoked to be there. <laughs> wow. You know, you your backyard abuts the backyard of the right guy. That's true. If That's I had true. known that you were living in LA, I would have invited you. <laughs> you just showed uh, up. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Great. He was like, surprise. Um, and that was so awesome. And um, halfway between a Nick Drake album and a sound bath is like an incredible compliment. I will write in my diary later. That's 
<laughs> so nice. Yeah, the the idea of the record. So the the label uh, off air is their whole thing is like asking people who don't usually make instrumental music to make instrumental records. And like they all have like a theme um, or some kind of like through line. And so when they, you know, I, I first started talking to them about like what I might do, that that was what I came up with. I was like living back here, back in the Northeast and like really spending a lot of time like in the woods and at the beach and just like being so happy to be back like in the sort of like Eastern deciduous forest zone. And so I was like, well, maybe I could do like kind of a 24 hours in the forest kind of thing. There's like 12 songs. So they each kind of like represent like a two hour chunk of the day. And like I made some field recordings of um, various things, leaf crunching and uh, the peepers going absolutely <laughs> buck wild. <laughs> Which led to my dorkiest moment because immediately you didn't talk about this at the Q and A, but so after the after the show, I immediately came up and I was like, "Yo, when when there was audio of frogs <laughs> at the three a.m. song, did you record those frogs at three a.m.?" Jenny was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "That's so cool." Uh, that made me so happy. <laughs> Thanks. So I much. do think it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and then and then um, the visual folks at the label, like, you know, uh, I worked with them to kind of talk about like what those visuals that you saw at the release show would be like, and we kind of like just like scoped out different settings, and and they made it all happen, and it like came together, I think, really nicely, and it was it was very cool to like make instrumental music, which is not something I scored a short film a handful of years ago, but this was more I don't know. Um, more scarier how did you decide like how to dig like how to start a song because these are instrumentally slightly ambient like what was your what what were you hanging your hat on you know yeah what was i hanging my hat on you know i mean i i hear <laughs> I the through line was... with your other work i mean to me it sounded like so like a lot of them sounded like something you could have you could have turned into a song and added chords you know but like they they just hung in a liminal space and it feels nice you know yeah i mean i think we all like have as songwriters like we have our melodic tendencies and like dan romer used to always say he would be like my melodies are like baby penguins to a mother penguin like i they might like look like all the other baby penguins to other people but like i could pick them out you know from a hundred yards away or whatever that's but like we have these like intervals and and melodic figures that are like appealing to us and that like we like for whatever reason and we like kind of like go back to or you like find yourself going back to it and being like okay I have to like make this a little different like separate it from this other thing so I I feel like yeah I mostly just like was coming at it from like a chord and melody place just like all the other songs but like without having to like really think about the words but also trying to like hold my mind in a like a natural space and like thinking about like the passage of time and stuff that's so cool yeah yeah so if anyone's listening from the forest floor it's so calming and nice and you can just put it on loop while you're working and feel relaxed and it's it's really cool let's take a listen to sunrise mountain
one more question about that. I'm not ready to move on. And then, and then Jenny, you can, I, I'm just really curious if having done that album, mm-hmm. done the instrumental stuff, have you been writing since? And has it changed the way you're thinking about the stuff you're writing now? Mm. Oddly, I'm kind of on a slight break from writing music right at the second because I'm writing a book and I'm also working on a scripted fiction podcast. So the, my all my writing energy has been poured into these other two <laughs> mediums where I don't know what I'm doing. Dude, that's awesome. Follow-up question, when are you going to get a real job? I don't know. I should get a real job <laughs> because I feel like left to my own devices. It's, um, you know, it's just a little all over the place. No, that's unbelievable. A book. Follow-up question. How are you, organ- and this is too nerdy, but like, how are you organizing your days with all this stuff happening and a baby? It's, it's so gross. There should, there, there should be a better way. Like my, my life should be more organized. Um, but like, if you looked at my Google calendar, which is like aggregating my like shared calendars for all of these different projects and thing, it's, it's just like, and I'm, I'm really, really lucky because my wife, Jess is amazing. And for the most part, she is like primary care during the day. And, uh, I like tag in when she needs me because I'm mostly working from home. And then I do the night feedings, which used to, uh, you know, hold a lot more weight when he was waking up like four or five times a night. Now it's like, yeah. sometimes he just wakes up once or sometimes he sleeps for 12 hours and I'm like living the high life. I think we're going to have to redistribute. <laughs> but, um, but it's, it, it never feels like I feel like it should feel, you know what I mean? I, I like in my, in my heart, I'm like, what if, it'd be so cool if like every day was just like for one of those things, you know, but instead I'm like, okay, two hours of this and then two hours of that. And then I have to get on this call. And then there's like another two hours of this other thing. And, um, I don't know, my brain might break. <laughs> Anything could happen. That's just life. That's honestly, that, that's what, that was my, that's such a good answer. Cause I think that's just how it goes. Yeah. Like, it's just like never as life doesn't organize as you want it to be. You don't get eight hours to just do one thing. You sort of piecemeal it together and chop away at this, chop away at that. All right, Jesse, would you like to, should we do our final segment? Let's do this thing and let's do this thing. Look, there is, of course, a theme song. I wrote one good song, took it straight to the top. I only wrote one good song, then my band got dropped. So here we have one hit. Phil Collins. We got one hit ponder. If you got a one hit wonder that's near and dear to your heart, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we'd mm -hmm. love to know it. Well, I spent a little time on Wikipedia today because I was like, what if there's only one song that I know by a band, but actually they had, you know, some other smashola that I just like missed somehow, which I think is a real thing. Yeah. The things that I came upon on the Wikipedia (laughs) list of uh, American one hit wonders. I would be remiss if I did not at least name check Tommy Two Tone eight six seven five three zero nine Jenny. Yes, mm. a song that I'm so glad exists. But in my heart, it's Toadie's Possum Kingdom. Yeah, uh, just a nice slimy, oh, yeah. grungy. Uh, so help me Jesus, a thon. It's such a good song. It rips. That's the name of. Why did I? Oh yeah, let's go. And it's like low key mathy, yeah. like yes. basic, but you know. But like 
co- complicated. Like I've covered it and been like, mother, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. it'll trip you up. And I think the, like the yeah, the band sounds awesome as hell. The vocal is sick. I love it. That's a good one. Big fan. That's a great. That song, that's cool. That song just gets in my head sometimes. Like I'll just it'll just be there. It's always been there. i feel like i understood this prompt better than the previous prompt i'm feeling really good you killed it nailed both prompts Mm. you killed it yeah yeah, they call you prompt queen queen. you are the prompt and you kept like a frog theme we've we've got an amphibian theme in this in this episode as well which is very cool we've got toadies we've had spring peepers (laughs) and then we and bogs so we got three different kinds of amphibians. You've been a, an exceptional yeah. guest. This is our most amphibious, amphibious <laughs> episode to date. Amphibious. Amphibious. Amphibiousest. Guest. Guestest. What an honor. Jenny, you're the bestest. <laughs> it is truly my pleasure to spend time with you guys any, any old time. We really do love you. And I think we all count ourselves incredibly lucky to have met you when we did and to have known you for this long. I feel the same way. And you are just an absolute extraordinary person. And if you are listening, go go find, just be amazed at all the things that Jenny has done, <laughs> will do, and continues to do because she's an absolute dream of a human being and talented and very good looking. Wow. Right back at all three of you. And can we give a quick shout out to Tancred, Jess's badass wife? I mean, sorry, Jenny's badass wife. Hell yeah. It's the J's, the J names. So true. Yes, uh, Tan yes, yes. Also, just to jump in here, like, yeah. we toured with Jess's band 13 years ago. Well before you. Oh, yeah. Wait, I met. Wait, I met Jess because of you. You introduced Ben. No. You introduced me no. to my wife. <laughs> Get out. Yes. This is the most amphibious. Yeah. You guys. And now, now. And yeah. Motion City were playing at Irving Plaza. And I came and like. Of course, no, you guys and and no Motion City, but uh, had not. But I was like listening to the Now Now record, I think, and was like, oh, this band is cool. Yeah. And then uh, they played first, and I was like, oh my god, Ben, they're, they're so cool. And you were like, oh, do you want to meet them? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> they're so cool. And now we're married. That is awesome. Wow. That makes me so happy. Me too. I had not. I had no idea. I did not put that together. What? I yeah. My. I mean, I forgot, and now I remember, and that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Well, these funny. You're we, welcome. We always have these funny moments, like right after we say, like we were like, "This is the end of the episode," and then there's some weird shit like this. <laughs> and now we gotta like, leave it in because it's just too cool. Well, I've been waiting to bring that up, and then, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome, Jenny. Look, thank you so much. That's it. We're, we can all say goodbye. Should we all say goodbye on the count of three? <gasps> I've, we've never done this before. One, two, three. Goodbye. Bye. Told me what that dream was about And I keep trying But I can't shake it out You know, you know, you know You know, you know, you know The trailer bodies But I can't seem to find
Why, yes, I'm going. 